Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Paranormal Journal. It's Thanksgiving night. Whew, man, I'm stuffed. But uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I uh, thought I'd go live tonight. I missed a couple episodes. I've been down sick for about a month now, so I finally got better. I don't know if it's because I got that COVID vaccine or what, but uh, man, whew. It seems like it's been taking longer and longer to get better after I get sick from these this vaccine for some reason. So I hope it's not a prelude to something, you know. But uh feeling a lot better now, so my throat's feeling better. I can talk actually again, so that's, that's a good thing. So tonight's episode, um, we're going to be talking about paranormal straight talk. I'm going to give it to you straight about a lot of things with uh, the paranormal field. Give you some of the stuff that uh, 
I've experienced different kind of hauntings that I've experienced over the years. And uh, just give it to you straight. No BS behind it. Just paranormal straight talk. So let's uh, let's jump into it. Sometimes, you know, you get you get cases that uh, they really stand out. Um, you know, they're, they're a lot different from a lot of other cases you get. You get a lot of cases that are, you know, kind of the standard kind of cases. You know, they're just like a lot of uh, residual kind of things. You know, you hear that people are hearing footsteps and knocking on things, doors opening and closing. All that stuff could possibly be kind of residual, you know, from past people that have lived in homes, especially if the home's old. I mean, you got to think, you know, thinking logically as as a person, you know, you lived in a house, like I've lived in this house for 20-some years, and I'm probably going to die in this house. And, uh, you know, you're going to die in it, so you, know, you, you might not want to leave the house. So, you know, when you're gone, you know, it just might be, hey, I'm going to stay here. So a lot of things that have happened are, you know, embed, you know, you loved in your house, you lived in this house, you, you raised families in this house, and, you know, kind of energy kind of absorbs into the house, you know what I mean? So sometimes you get these kind of residual kind of hauntings, you know, they're typical like house noises that people would make when they were alive, you know, that your footsteps and cabinet door opening or, you know. Just kind of random voices, you know, popping out of thin air, you know, that just, you know, like conversations between people and stuff. And, and, and that's, that's a residual kind of haunting. You might hear, uh, you know, voices between a man and a woman talking and you're the only one home and you're like, I'm hearing like man and woman talking and there's no one here but me and I'm not talking to anyone. So, you know, it'll kind of freak you out a little bit, especially if you're, you know, fairly young and you got a new home and you're alone by yourself and you hear a door open on its own and you hear footsteps in the house, you might think someone, you know, broke into your house, you know, and you're like, whoa, man, somebody's in my house. And you might, you know, it might freak you out a little bit. It, it startled me a few times from things that have happened in my own home, um, knocking on the door, you open the front door, there's nobody there. Happened to me quite a few times, knocking on the windows, stuff like that. Um, Excuse me. Um, it, it's it's really weird, you know. And, and I think I brought something to my house from an investigation, but it doesn't happen all the time, you know. It happens, you know, every once in a while, like eh, month, every two months or three months, sometimes every six months or something like that. You know, it's like really sporadic when it happens. Um, but when it does happen, it's pretty cool. You know, one, one time it happened in the middle of the afternoon, you know, I'm just sitting on my couch watching TV and I hear, you know, three knocks on the uh, front door. I'm thinking, you know, it's ah, my neighbor. He wants to borrow the, uh, I have an enclosed trailer that he uses a lot. And uh, I was like, ah, maybe it's, it's my neighbor. He wants to borrow the trailer again. So I get up, open the door and my dog, even heard my dog respond to it. He was barking. Open the front door. There's nobody there. I'm like, well, that's that. Well, that's interesting as hell. There's no one here. And so you know, I told my wife, I said, had the knocking on the door. You know, it was like three knocks. Open the door. No one there. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she hates she hates me doing the paranormal thing. So, but I love it. 
she hates it. So it is what it is. But uh, I tell her about it. She brushes it off. But it is what it is, you know. So um, I think a couple months later, you know, we you know we were laying in bed and my daughter wasn't home. And we heard, I have a habit of keeping my door shut, you know, my bedroom door shut. So we were laying in bed and hear three knocks on the door, boom, 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 on the bedroom door. Automatically, I'm thinking someone has broken into my house. My wife sits up, she's like, there's someone in the house. I'm like, oh no, this is it. You know, like I may have to use my firearm and defend myself, defend my family in here, you know? Possibly someone might get shot, you know. I'm like, this is it, you know. So I grab my my weapon, my home defense weapon, and uh, open the door. The dog takes off through the house. He's running through the house. He, you know, he's aware of something knocked on the door too. So he's he's on full alert. And uh, we're you know we're searching the house. I'm searching the house. I search every nook and cranny of the house. Check the doors. Everything's locked. I can't explain it. But I know I heard three knocks on the door. My wife heard three knocks on the door. And the dog heard three knocks on the door because he was definitely responding to it. And uh, he responded. And animals respond to paranormal things really, really well. Um, I've had a few weird things that happened in my house, and my dog responded to it right away. Uh, he would start growling. Um, he actually... One time it looked like he got touched and he jumped around like something had touched him on his back. And uh, he was, he was freaked out. I mean, you could see, I could see like, he was like, what the hell, you know, it, like, what the hell touched him? You know what I mean? Like he jumped around like in a defense mood and there was nobody there. And I just watched him and he looked at me and he just had this look on his face. Like he was scared. His hair was up on his back and he was on alert, like something had touched him. And, uh, I thought that was very interesting because I'm like, why the hell did he do that? Something had to have touched him, you know, something definitely touched him for him to do that and him having his hair up on his back. I mean, when they had the hair up on their back, they're, they're an alert. There's something going on. And uh, we've had that happen in a case we did. Um, we were we were on Animal Planet. Um, we did a show on Animal Planet called uh, The Bloody Man. That was the episode on The Haunted. And uh, they had a dog. It was a boxer. His name was Leroy. And he responded to a lot of the paranormal things in the house as well. Uh, not in my house, but in the house that uh, we investigated. And he he was definitely responding to a lot of things. And I've seen it firsthand. I actually recorded it on video of him uh, res responding to something that was in the room when uh, myself and and Don were investigating one night, and uh, we were we were kind of blown away because he never ever acted like that when we were there. And uh, this night he was growling and he was barking, and Don had felt something kind of next to him, and he's like, "Dude, it just feels like there's something in the room, and uh, I'm not I'm not feeling it, man. Like there's there's something here. It's like standing beside me. I can feel something's different." And the dog is looking at him, and he's growling, and he starts to bark, and something is in the room with us, and it kind of goes around the room, and uh, I don't have any hair, so I got this kind of like cobwebby, staticky feeling on the top of my head. It was the weirdest damn thing I ever experienced. I'm like, 
what the hell is that, man? And it was it was cold, staticky, and it felt like cobwebs. And there was like a like a spider had shot a cobweb over my head. And uh I, I couldn't explain it. And you know, I put my hands on my head and I'm like, man, this is really, really freaking weird, man, because there's no cobwebs on my head, but it felt like a cobweb blanket kind of went over my head. And uh I, I just couldn't explain it. But the dog was reacting to it very, very, very wildly i was like wow man like he was growling he he actually exited the room and stood out into the hallway and and growled and barked and he didn't want to come back into the room and i have this all on video which is pretty interesting uh to watch it because you can see him and he's never he's not a mean dog he never growled at us he never barked at us he was always a really loving dog toward us he was i mean i had him in my own home quite a few times, uh, watched them for the client as they went on vacation and stuff. And he was great here and, um, uh, never had any issue out of the dog, he, but he was responding to something negatively in the room. He did not want to be in that room. It was, it was very, very interesting to see an animal react like that to something that we knew and could feel was in the room. We couldn't see it, but he was looking at something that was obviously there that we couldn't see. And uh, he didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. I mean, he was he was on full alert. Like, you know, you come near me, I'm going to bite you. But it wasn't us because we would come near him and pet him. I actually actually went out in the hallway and calmed him down. And I said, what's wrong, boy? What's wrong? Put my hand on him. And he just would not go back into that bedroom. He was not going in there. And he had actually went to another bedroom. And jumped up on the uh, son's bed and was laying there. And I kind of made a comment, you know, if you can make the dog react to you, they come into the room and see if the, the dog will react to you. Well, whatever it was must have came into the room because the dog started growling again, looking up at something that wasn't there and growling. Like we, we couldn't see it physically with our eyes, but the dog was looking at it and was growling. And was in a defensive mode again. I mean, he wasn't playing. It, whatever it was, he didn't like it, and he let us. He let it known that he didn't like it. It was pretty pretty cool. I've never experienced anything like that before. It was the first time I'd ever experienced something like that where an animal reacted to something paranormal, and uh, he was definitely in defense mode. Like if you come near me. I'm going to bite you, but not towards us. We could go over and touch him, but he was just like looking off and like there was something standing there, but there was nothing there that we could see, but we knew that the house was active and we did experience a lot, a lot of things in the house uh, from, from voices, disembodied voices, footsteps, knocking noises. Uh, one of the investigators actually had seen a, uh, a black man, a figure back basically standing in the doorway. And that was during the day. Um, she was to Amy was totally, uh, freaked out. So, I mean, I heard her yell, ah, you know, I'm like, Hey, you all right? She's like, I just seen a freaking figure standing in the doorway, like about a six foot figure. And the homeowner that lived in the house that had passed away was, was six foot. He was about six foot. 
and uh, Amy had seen it, and we were like, "Wow, you you probably des- definitely seen Bill. His name was Bill, and we had just experienced so much stuff in that house. And, and these are the kind of cases that kind of stand out to you because you experience these things, and you know they're you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on, you know, and there's just these cases, they stand out and they come around like full 360 degrees around. Boom. You start out, you don't really know what's going on. You start happening. Things start happening. You're recording voices and then you start digging into the history and you start meeting people that are involved with the house, that were associated with the house, the history of the house, which we got uh, one of our investigators, Nick, is going to be doing the uh, the history of a lot of our locations. Now he's going to be our researcher and stuff like that, which he's digging into an epi- uh, probably a two or three part episode we're going to be doing on here in some Marietta case that we've been doing. We're going back there in uh, December. We're going to take a few guests. I'm going to take my niece and nephew with me. Um, they want to get into the paranormal field. So I'm going to take them to this location because it is an active location. I mean, Folks, when I say it's active, it's active. Uh, you know, we're getting disembodied voices answering our questions, direct responses. I mean, that doesn't happen much in a location. Uh, to go into a house and you're asking questions, you're you're opening a line of communication to something that's in the house, and it's directly responding out loud, disembodied voice. It's amazing because now it's showing. This isn't residual. This isn't some kind of residual haunting. This thing is intelligently interacting with you. There is an intelligence. There is some sort of, you know, some sort of activity that is responding back to you intelligently. You know, I mean, this isn't something where, you know, there's some footsteps that you're hearing or we're asking questions. It's responding intelligently and answering those questions. Um, Sometimes we're hearing it out loud, but then we're also catching it on our recorders where it's kind of below the human hearing range. Anything below 20 hertz is below the hearing range, and that's where these things are coming in Coming in at. That's why we're not hearing them out loud, but some of them we are. We're hearing them on the, on the human hearing range, which is freaking amazing because if you're dead, you no longer have a body anymore. You don't have a voice box. You don't have a you don't have a body to talk. So how the hell are you talking? How is this possible? It's gotta be that they're using sound waves, maybe our own sound waves that we're asking questions, and they're using these sound waves to communicate and responding back. But they are responding. Now, how the hell do you respond? How is something that you can't see physically responding to you? and answering your questions intelligently and you can't see it but you're hearing it it's it's amazing i mean when you hear it and i'm hoping you know when i take my niece and nephew with me that we uh we experience this stuff i want them to experience this thing that they know that there is something else out there. There's something else out here, folks. I don't know what it is. I don't if it's life after death. I'm there's definitely something else. 
when you die, it's not the end. That's for sure. There's a lot of different things, though. There's these black things. There's, you know, you're hearing, we're hearing voices like we're hearing in this house. They've even seen a, a black dog um, in the house, a German Shepherd that a former owner owned, and they're seeing it in the house. So, and we've heard, uh, you know, Carl's son, Kyle, he's one of our investigators, and he heard what sounded like a dog's nails, you know, on the floor, like walking on the wood floor, like, and he's like, I kid you not, I heard. It sounded like a dog's nails walking on the wooden floor in the hallway. And that's where the reports of the dog have been seen. And we heard some reports from some of the locals. We were investigating this house in Marietta, and we heard some of the reports from the locals that have lived there their entire lives. They were older people in their 60s, and um, they were telling us that the former owners that were the house had been abandoned for about 10 years. It was no one living there, but the former owners before they had moved out of there, they had a detached kind of garage onto the house. It's no longer there, but it was there 10 years ago. And they had someone working at the house and a, the guy that was working in the house, seen a dog he went to open the door, and there was a black German Shepherd in this shed, growling and showing his teeth. And he slammed the door shut. He slammed the door shut and was like, "Wait, man, there's a dog in here!" And he slammed the door shut and threw the threw the lock on the outside and waited for the homeowner to get home. And um, what's up, Big Sarge? What's going on, man? It's getting one in tonight. Um, Tell us a little couple of stories from uh, our case up in Marietta. Uh, the people were seeing uh, the the people who lived there before. Like I said, they seen a they were seeing a black dog outside in the shed, and uh, one of the workers had seen it in there and thought he had locked it in the uh, the shed. But uh, when the homeowners got home, they were like, um, "He's like, hey man, you got like a." some straight black German shepherd in the shed over there. And he's like, we don't have a, there's no German shepherds around here. He goes, you don't own a dog. He's like, uh, no, we don't own a dog. He goes, well, there's a black, I locked him in there. He's a black German shepherd. He ain't too nice. Um, he's in there. They went and opened the door. No dog in there. It was a ghost dog. Um, they were, the, the worker was freaked out. He was like, oh my God, what the hell? There was, a, there was a dog in there. He goes, there's no way the dog got out. I threw the lock in there. There's no holes in the shed. There was a dog in there, a black German Shepherd. And um, he said it wasn't nice, but they, <laughs> the homeowner said there's there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Yeah, it could have been demonic. We're not going to say the D word, Sarge. <laughs> I hate the D word, man. I hate it. Everybody's always, everything's negative. It's a demonic. Going to get a demonologist with a big D on their shirt with the, with a cape, you know. It's going to throw some, blow some sage around, some holy water. It's going to get rid of it. It's a demonic devil dog. Hounds of hell. But uh, we haven't seen it, but we did hear, we did hear the, uh, the foot, the uh, nails like walking across the floor. And we recorded it. Uh, it's pretty cool. But, man, that's like one of those cases. 
you don't get a whole lot of cases where you're, you know, getting direct disembodied voices answering your questions, which is pretty, pretty cool, man. That doesn't happen a whole lot. You get a lot of kind of residual kind of things, and but you got stuff that's answering like intelligently and out loud. Pretty damn cool. Uh, there's only been a couple places I've investigated where it's been really active like that. And one was Landon House, and this Marietta case that we've been doing has uh, has been living up to it every time. So I, I can't wait to go back there. Uh, it's gonna be a ball. It's gonna be a blast, and we're gonna. Next time I get back there, we're definitely staying again until the, the sun comes up. So I'm going up. I'm actually going to stop up there probably next week and talk to the uh, construction workers and get their uh, their side of the of what's been going on. Uh, seems like the last time we were there, the owner had contacted me and said we kind of stirred them up because all the workers said, and they were hearing voices all day long as they were working. They were hearing a woman. They were hearing a man. and um, they said, man, we must have really stirred them up because they were really chitter-chatter, you know, so a little chatty-catty, you know, that was it's pretty cool. Uh, we actually went into the basement the last time, and we were we heard a couple disembodied voices, like, right away as soon as we went into the basement. Uh, one of them said, you know, uh, who are you? Uh, we didn't really, we couldn't make it out at first, but then when uh, we, we put it onto the, uh, into the computer, and we amped it up a little bit. You could hear it. We we heard it. They heard the disembodied voice. You could hear it, but we couldn't make out what it said. But once we amped it up, we made we definitely made made out what it said and it said, "Who are you?" Which was really cool. It sounded like a like a kid almost. It was like, "Who are you?" Like a little kid. Um, and it's pretty cool because the house is really old. I mean, it was built in the eighteen hundreds. It has tons of stuff. I mean, they they. The people back in the 1800s even recorded that they didn't like going in the attic because they thought the attic was haunted. And that was back in the early 1800s where they were hearing this. They were hearing things in the attic and they didn't like going in the attic, period. I mean, it was documented in the memoirs of one of the people that lived in the house that they did not like going into the attic. And uh, they all, everybody in the house thought that the attic was haunted. And we did catch some stuff in the attic the last time we were there. Um, we had a couple of investigators thought they had seen a uh, a black shadow on one part of the attic, which I don't think we got it on recording, unfortunately, on the video. They're still reviewing it, but uh, I hope they got it. That would be something special to get. You don't really get that a whole lot when you do record it. It's, uh, it's a special kind of thing. But... Yeah, it's it's an active-ass place, man. I mean, it doesn't get too much better than that. You, know, you get into a place and you're hearing disembodied voices and you're hearing banging and just the intelligent responses are, are incredible. And right away, if somebody asks, you know, asks me before, you think it's demonic? You think it's demonic? I'm like, no. I don't really believe in demonic kind of things. Um and uh, a lot of people that, that I associate with don't either. So, uh, you know, demonic things are, I would probably say they're non-existent or very rare. Uh, like I said, I've been doing it for 20 years. I've never experienced anything demonic, not even remotely close to being demonic. And I've had things that, you know, they will scare you. 
you're going to get some stuff that'll freak you out in a, in a location. That's 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 natural, man. It's normal. You're in a, you're in a place. You're in the dark. You get you hear a voice out loud or a bang or something moves. Yeah, that's going to startle you. That's going to freak you out a little bit because one, you're in the dark. Your senses are already all over the place. You know. You're getting this kind of freaky feeling. You hear a voice pop out of thin air. Yeah, that's going to make the hair stand up on your arms a little bit, you know. But then it's like, that's like an adrenaline kind of rush. You know, you're like, man, that was, that was freaking awesome, dude. That was freaking awesome. Can't believe that happened, you know. Then when you get back into your recordings and you're listening to it, you're like, man, that's unbelievable that that happened. You know, I, I just can't believe that that happened. And... um it just gets it just gets better and better every time you investigate. You never know what's going to happen. Are you gonna what are you what are you going to experience? You know, um, could you see a full bodied apparition? Yeah, that's that's possible, man. You could experience anything. A door opening up. I mean, that doesn't happen much. Things moving around and stuff like that. Um, when it does happen, though, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's totally incredible. I mean, you, everything that you, you know, logically trying to think of why the hell that happened, you know, your, your brain's constantly trying to give you a logical answer to something that's happened that's not logical. When something's moving on its own, front door opens up on its own, and there's no reason that door should open up, your mind's going all over the place. You're like, well, maybe that was the wind. You know, your mind's trying to give you a logical explanation of what the hell just happened that's paranormal. You're like, uh, maybe the wind blew that open. Maybe I didn't lock it, or maybe. But you know you locked it. You know the wind didn't blow it open. You know a car didn't drive by and blow the door open and stuff like that. You know, you're trying to give yourself an explanation of something that there is no explanation to. You know, just like. First time you hear a voice, you might, you know, disembodied voice, you might say, man, that's somebody outside. Then you go out, you look outside, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. There's no one outside. There's no one out there walking their dog. There's no one out there, you know, having a party, unless you live by a bar or something like that, or, you know, you're in the main city. But most of these cases we get there in the country, there's no one out there, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Even 11 o'clock at night, I mean, there's no one out there. So, you have something happen like that, you're really experiencing something paranormal. It is, it's freaking awesome. But the D word, nah, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Haunted dolls and all that crap. It's crap. You see that crap on TVs and movies. It's like I did movies versus uh, real paranormal investigations, you know. That's all crap on the dolls and the Dybbuk boxes and it's all stupid stuff, man. I mean, that's really dumb to think that a doll is haunted. Come on. Get real. A haunted doll? Come on. Maybe there's something moving the doll, but for a doll to be possessed by a ghost, come on. Come on, people. Think logical. This is this is logical thinking, man. Could there be something attached to that object? Possibly. You know, people love their possessions. You know what I mean? If they died, maybe they were, you know, they really like this doll or they like this 
cabinet or you know what I mean? They, they maybe like this dresser they made. They might have made that dresser by hand or something like that. You know what I mean? To say to say something is possessed, a doll is possessed. Come on, get real. Now you see some of these shows and you see the dolls moving, their heads move and stuff like that. Who's to say that that something paranormal is not moving it? There could be a ghost that's turning its head. You can't see it. That doesn't mean it's possessed by a demon. You know what I mean? There's no proof of that. There's none. Now, I've watched some of these uh, documentaries. I think you had one with uh, a guy that's uh, married to the Warrens. In, uh, uh, I think his last name Spear or something like that. I can't remember what his last name is. But he was talking about the Annabelle doll and if you challenge the Annabelle doll, she'll kill you and this and that. And, you know, I, I just have a hard time believing that, you know, uh, if you challenge the doll, you could die six months later. Well, you could die six months later from any goddamn thing nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, anything. You got Corona out here. I mean, we just took the jab and got this vaccine crap. We don't know what this vaccine crap's going to do to us. You know, and then you go say you go to the museum and the dolls in there, dolls in there, and you say, "Oh, you know, kill me." And then you die six months later. That's that doesn't mean that the doll killed you. You any you can die. Any you could walk out of your house and die tomorrow. You could hit by a car or something. You know what I mean? Like, come on, you got to think more logical than that. It's got to be better than that. You know, a doll's going to kill you. Come on now, folks. Yeah, now, if the, and if there was a real demonic presence. In that doll, right? What is a glass case going to do to stop that doll from getting out of the case? The devil can do anything. What do you think? A couple of religious religious relics are going to stop it from getting out of the case? I doubt it highly. I doubt it highly. Like I said, I've never seen anything demonic in all the years of me doing it. I've never seen anything demonic. I've seen, like I said, I've seen people. Acting like they were possessed, but there was no paranormal phenomena going on whatsoever. Uh, I think maybe they wanted to, thought they were going to be on a TV show or something like that. I really don't know what they were thinking, but no, you're not possessed by the devil. I've seen them holding them down and they did a lot of profanities, and but I didn't see anything paranormal going on. And if there was someone was allegedly possessed by the devil... I would think there's a whole lot of paranormal things going on. Things are going to be moving around. Some supernatural stuff is going to be happening, and i never seen any of that. And uh, I had actually did a case with a girl. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but actually Jason Halls actually did the same case that I did. I had did it before him. And I had mentioned to uh, Jason about it, and he was, oh, my God, yeah, I remember her. She needed she needed psychological help. I was like, yeah, she was, she needed psychological help. And, uh, he agreed with me. I was like, she was not possessed. He goes, oh yeah, she was definitely not possessed at all. I was like, yeah, she, she had psychological issues that she needed to be taken care of. And, uh, he agreed with me. He's like, you're right. You're right. I, I, he said, I remember that girl. I said, yeah, I remember it too, because it was one of his cases. I do, um, investigations for the Taps family in Pennsylvania and it was one of their cases way back in the day when Taps family first started actually I was 
I've been a member almost from the beginning, so um, it was it was interesting. Uh, the mother and father thought she was possessed. Everybody thought she was possessed, but like I said there was there was no paranormal things going on, and and it's just like I said, you know these these TV shows and these movies have really put a damper on paranormal investigations of what it's really what real paranormal investigations are. You know, people are living by these movie personifications that this is the way it's done in paranormal investigating. You get scratched in a house, you get three scratches, that's demonic. Uh, foul smells, that's demonic. I've been in cases where people have been scratched and there were foul smells and seen black figures and stuff like that. And I can tell you now, there was nothing demonic going on. There was paranormal activity going on, but there was nothing to say per demonic things going on. Um, I don't know. You know, the the whole demonic thing is, like I said, it puts a sour taste in my mouth about it. You got to have some serious proof to claim demonic possession, demonic activity. I mean, like some serious, serious evidence for me to believe this. If someone's been possessed, this is 2021. I said it before. I said it again. Where's the evidence? I want to see it. There's got to be some kind of video evidence of it, of some kind of real demonic phenomena. I want to see it. Please bring it on the show. You come on the show. We'll talk about it. I'll view it. Maybe you come. I want to see it. Show it to me. Uh, the the Catholic Church keeps it like it's a secret, and I'm Catholic. Uh, you know, it's demonic. We gotta keep that on the hush hush. I'm not understanding why. If it's a, if it's a phenomenon, it's a religious phenomenon. Why would you want to keep it a secret? Why wouldn't you want to educate people about it if it's real? There's got to be some video out there that's real. I hear a lot of bogus reports about it. I mean, you got these conjuring things. Uh, what's it, the haunting in Connecticut? And you know, I see a lot of people making money off of this stuff. That's what I see them doing. They're making money off of the demonic things because demonic things sell. I said it before: demonic things sell. Look at the conjuring movies. They're making a ton of money. People are going nuts over this crap. Is it real? It's the movies, folks. It's the movies. Did did these families experience paranormal events in their house? Of course they did. But it was it was it to the extent of the movies? Hell no, it wasn't. There's no case that I've ever been in where the activity has been through the roof like that. I, and I've been in a lot of cases, folks. I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of cases over 20 years. And I've never seen anything like that. Where, I mean, stuff, the house is screaming and there's things flying off the walls and where it's, you know, you're ready to run out of the house. Now, I have got unnerved in the house when I heard I had had something happen to me in the house. It was freaky. Like, I've never had anything like that happen before, before, and it freaked me out. And I did leave the house for around 15 or 20 minutes. I had to go outside and get myself together because it was the creepiest, creepiest damn voice I ever heard in my life. 
uh, and it said it directly in my ear, that it said, this is exactly what it said. It said, there are many, but I am one, but in this really creepy-ass voice like like The Exorcist. You know, I mean, it was like that. And we did catch it on audio, but it <laughs> it wasn't what I heard in the bathroom, but it was that same voice. And we did catch it on audio on the second floor, but we did have so many things that happened in that house. And I am going to have that client on the show talking about their experiences from early on moving on, moving in the house um, to the death of their daughter. Their daughter did pass away in the house, and she was very young at the time. Uh, uh, and I'm thinking maybe something that was in the house attributed to that, um, to her death. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things. These things happen. This It's something that's kind of haunted me since it happened. Um, it's not an easy thing to deal with when you're investigating something and, and someone passes away. Um, it, it's not really easy to deal with. You know, you hear, you hear a lot of people, oh, it's, it's not your fault. And it's not my fault, but... I felt like it was my fault because I was there to help and then something happened and what now? You know what I mean? Like what now? What am I going to do now? Um, that's, that's the scary part of doing this is things can happen paranormal and we, we, we don't understand it. You know, we, we don't understand what's going on. We're trying to. We're trying to find an answer to this stuff, um, but what's the answer? We have more cre- more questions than answers, unfortunately. You mean know, you watch the TV shows and they all have the answer, right? Like Ghost Adventures, and they're walking around with the SLS that's not supposed to be walked around with. It's supposed to be stationary, and they're picking up ghosts on the stick figures, and hey, there's there's five stick figures there's five ghosts in here no that's not responsible enough for me um you got to have some kind of proof you got to have some kind of proof for me uh proof is audio video that's that's proof for me if you don't have that well you know it's kind of like pissing in the wind you know or pissing at a fan, you're just going to get wet. It's going to blur back on you, you know. If I'm investigating a place, I'm going to have some some pretty good proof that there is something going on paranormal. I'm going to have audio or I'm going to have video, one of the two. You know, I'm, that's my main goal is to find some kind of answer to what's going on. Not that I'm going to come up with an answer, but I am going to give you some kind of, hey, yeah, you're not you're not uh, hearing things. You're not hearing voices, or you're not you're not going crazy. These are the voices we recorded in your house. You are experiencing this phenomenon. This is what we got. This is what we caught. Here it is, black and white. You listen to it. We let them listen to it. And that's that's good. You know, I'm not. I can't. I don't go into an investigation saying I'm going to expel something from the house when I know I I can't do that. It's just. It's not possible. It's not possible at all. 
Let me read. Well, I guess my chat here. Let's say, have you ever? Let's say, have you been able to record spirits? I have. I've recorded uh quite a few, a lot of them, hundreds of them actually. Over twenty twenty plus years, I've uh, recorded a lot of uh, disembodied voices, footsteps. Got some pretty cool video too. Um, if you go to YouTube, you can watch some, you know, a couple. Good video clips that we've recorded over the years. Uh, go to Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society on YouTube, and there's a good clip of a black mass we caught in a residential home in uh, Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Pretty, pretty interesting video. I mean, doesn't get any better than that. What you're watching is the real thing. It's not uh, some caught-on camera paranormal bullcrap. It's this the real thing, you know. Uh, these people were seeing a black mass in the house. We set up a camera. We caught it. I, I mean, I was totally blown away because you hear this in a lot of investigations that, hey, uh, we see black mass in the show. And, um, you know, we see black mass. We see black mass in the house and we're seeing uh, mist and stuff like that. You hear that in a lot of investigations. You see. You know, in a lot of cases, you these kids are seeing children now. They're seeing these black things with red eyes. I don't know how many cases I have had over 20-plus years where all these children are seeing the same thing, and they don't know each other. They do not know each other, but they're all seeing the same thing, these black things with red eyes. And I cannot explain how all these children are seeing the same thing and a lot of them are associated with closets. Like, this isn't just like pumped into some kid's head that they're seeing a black thing with red eyes. And this homeowner was seeing the black thing with red eyes. It was seeing it in different shapes and forms. Seeing it like seeing it like a kid. She's seen the seven foot tall. She's seen it in a mist shape. And we captured it in kind of like a mist form. It kind of it kind of creates itself, uh, which is totally amazing it creates itself out of nothing how can something create itself out of nothing and then totally disappear it's it, it's gone and it happens over like a 15 minute period i've never experienced anything like that in any other case that i've been on and i've been in a lot of cases but to actually film it it was freaking amazing i was just like wow man like this stuff is real and that's when i first was getting into paranormal investigations that i caught this stuff and i got into paranormal investigations to disprove it to really disprove it and i couldn't disprove this kind of stuff i'm you know i'm investigating i'm like i cannot disprove this stuff this stuff is real everything that i thought about tv and the movies and stuff that i thought was crap this stuff is is real. This stuff, there is a phenomena. Not saying like like the movies, like The Exorcist and The Conjuring, that, but there is a phenomena out there that is real. It's not to the extent of what the movies and the shows are portraying. And people like to fake a lot of stuff nowadays. And if there's groups out there that are faking things and stuff like that, to gain some kind of popularity. You know, I mean, that is totally irresponsible, you know, totally irresponsible. Uh, and 
it, it, it really makes me sick to see people out there to do this, do these kind of things because we're out here trying to help people and we're not doing it for a price tag. We're not doing it for a TV show. We're doing it to help people. And when I investigate a place and there's other paranormal groups out here the same way, which that I deal with, which, you know, is, um, big Sarge and, um, ghost house paranormal. They've kind of, I've kind of, took Sarge under my wing when he first got into this and showed him how to do it the right way and not this TV bullcrap way because this ain't ghost adventures. This is real life. You know what I mean? These people are afraid. We're going into a house, investigating, and give them an answer, and they're afraid. You don't want to keep going into a house and telling them that their house has demons and stuff like that in it when it really doesn't. You're just adding on to the fear. That's all you're doing. Adding, adding, adding on to the fear. I'm reading your comment here. Let's see. I don't know how to capture the voices. You have to get a uh, digital recorder. Get yourself a nice digital recorder, and um, you can capture disembodied voices. You can capture different kind of EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomena. You can capture uh, uh, class A EVPs, B, C, class they've had, they've, they've classified electronic, electronic voice phenomena as like a class A is like, you can hear the EVP. It's not out loud. You have disembodied voices, which you hear out loud. You'll be asking questions in a location and you'll hear the voice out loud. Like we're talking. It might not be as loud as we're talking, but you're going to hear a voice out loud. Class A EVP is an EVP that you don't really hear by human hearing, but your recorder's picking up, and you can understand it intelligently over the recorder. You can understand everything it's saying. Class B, now you're starting to get into, like, you can hear it. You can make out what it's saying. Maybe not make out all the words, but you can get bits and pieces of what it's saying. Class C. You hear it, but you can't really make out what it's saying. It's really low. You can't hear it. And that's where it's getting into a Hertz level that it's below human hearing range most of the time. You're, you're below 20 Hertz. You're well below the hearing range. You're, you're not going to hear stuff with the naked ear. The digital recorder is going to pick it up, but you're not going to pick it up with the naked ear. And that's what's amazing about some of these recorders is I mean, these things will pick up voices that you didn't hear anything. You'll just be walking around. And it, a lot of times, like, I plug into the into the audio uh, headsets to amplify the noises while I'm walking around. If I hear something, like, I'm in a room and hear a voice say something, I'm going to be able to hear it. Now, somebody that's not plugged in to a headset, they're not going to hear it. But I'm going to hear it. And that's going to make me aware, hey, there's some kind of activity in this room. I just heard a voice. Did any of you guys hear that voice? No, we didn't hear it. No, we didn't hear it. Did you hear it? No, I didn't hear it, but I heard it because I'm listening on a different Hertz level than them. I'm All my recordings are amplified because I'm plugged into a digital recorder. So now I'm able to hear these things that I could have never heard with the naked ear. So if I'm walking around in a location and I hear, I say, hey, did you hear that? Or it might say your name, say John or Bill or Pat, you know, 
hey, did you hear that? You're like, no, I didn't hear anything. You hear you, you, a lot of times you hear like get out, like get out. You know, you're like, whoa, hey man, did you hear? Did you hear get out? No, I didn't hear that. Really, you didn't hear that? No, man, I didn't hear that. But I heard it. And then you go back in your recordings, boom, you just confirmed everything you heard at that point in time. You heard it. The digital voice recorder validated it. You had a paranormal experience. It's validated. It's freaking awesome when you have it happen like that because you say, hey, man, I heard that. You go back into the recording, boom. They like to use They like to use your name. A lot of scenes. Yeah, yeah, they do. They definitely do. They definitely like to use I've heard my name called quite a few times. The first time you ever hear it called, it's kind of freaky. You're like, why the hell did that say my name? Am I gonna die? You're thinking automatically, am I gonna die or something? Like, but you know what it is, is they're using your name because you can hear them. So I think they they kind of they're they're saying John, you know they're they're trying to communicate with you. And when you hear that, when you kind of open that line of communication with them, now they know you can hear them. You get a lot more stuff happening, paranormal wise, which is freaking awesome. I mean, it's awesome. The the first time you have this stuff happen, it is amazing. You're just like, whoa, man. This is, this is incredible. Like you're hooked. Like I said, it's like fishing. You know, you're out there and you're fishing, and all of a sudden you get a fish, and you're like, "Man, this is cool. I got a fish." It's just like that paranormal investigating. You you have something like that happen. Uh, it's amazing, and it's not saying you're going to have that happen all the time when you go into a place that's haunted. I mean, there is no set time of when something paranormal is going to happen. It's just going to happen. It could be ten o'clock in the afternoon. 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, 10 at night, 1 in the morning. It can happen at any time. It doesn't have to be just at night. People experience paranormal phenomena all day long, just like the case we're doing in Marietta, Pennsylvania. They're experiencing stuff all day long. It is, it's incredible. And these construction workers are kind of like freaked out. Yeah, yeah. So, and we're we're becoming more aware of there is some kind of phenomena out here. There's definitely a phenomena out here. We can't explain it. You know, it, it's on a level that we're not yet able to comprehend yet. It just we we can't comprehend it. We know it's there. We're trying to figure out answers to what's going on. Um, but it's just. Trying to contain trying to contain the phenomena is is very difficult because you never know what the hell where it's gonna happen, when it's gonna happen, how it's gonna happen, what causes it to happen. What you know, you could be in a house asking questions all night and not have one damn response, you know? And all of a sudden, you get a response. And you're like, what the hell you're 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 thinking, what the hell made that respond to that particular question? You don't ask the same question all night long, then all of a sudden it responds to that question. You're like, what the hell? Why did it respond to that? I don't understand. I'm not understanding this. It's crazy. Yeah, kids and animals are definitely more open. Definitely. Um kids. 
kind of when you're a kid, I think you can see these things on a uh, like a broader scale. But I think as as you start to get older, they kind of lose it, you know. And I think the ones that keep seeing it, they're the ones that kind of become like like have these kind of medium abilities, you know, that have paranormal things happen their whole life. You know, they have it happen their whole life. Wherever they move, they have paranormal experiences. Like uh, some of these cases that, that I'm investigating, they're not haunted houses these people are living in. They're they're haunted people. There are haunted people, the people that these this phenomena is attached to them. It's been with them their whole life. And it's just they can't get rid of it. Wherever they move, this stuff is with them. They move in this house. They're having activity. They move out of that house because they think it's haunted. They move into another location. Oh, that's haunted. No, it's not the house that's haunted. It's themselves. And Dr. Uh, Dr. Barry Taff, which uh, I'm probably going to have him on the show here soon. Uh, he just He's having a few personal issues that he can't really come on. but And he'll elaborate more on this. He's He's been in the paranormal field for 50 years. And he's probably one of the top paranormal investigators in the world. Um, this guy is done over 4,000 cases. His knowledge in the paranormal field is unmatched by anybody that anybody out there, any TV personality, any of that. I mean, this guy's an incredible wealth of knowledge in the paranormal uh, world. I'm telling you, you're going to really like when I have him on. I'm hoping things get better for him and he's having health issues and things like that. So he hasn't been able to come on, but when I get him on here, he is going to be, you're going to have a, so many questions to ask him because he's just, like I said, he has a wealth of knowledge in the paranormal field. And he's the one that's kind of told me in the past that these things are a lot associated around an individual, like a poltergeist kind of activity. And uh, he's just like, it's not all based on a, on a house. It's, it's based around an individual and he's not lying. And uh, I really can't wait to get him back on here because he's, like I said, he's, he's a really great guy. And his, his knowledge in this field is just, it's unmatched. I mean, you, there's not too many people that know as much stuff about this than him. Um, but he, he did the Entity case. Have you ever seen the movie The Entity that was, you know, back in the 80s? It was called The Entity. He was the original paranormal investigator on that case. And I've talked to him for hours about it, you know, and uh, he's he's such a great guy. I, I cannot wait to have him back on here and uh, just go over some of the, the many cases that he's done. But, uh, yeah, you know, it it is crazy the way these things communicate. Um, I definitely think they use reverberal reverberal kind of noises. Like you could be moving like like a piece of paper or you know like this plastic, and they'll use that to say a word, you know, to say something. It, it's crazy. It really is. Like you could be shuffling your jacket or something, and all of a sudden you hear like "Hey, how are you?" or something like that. You know, and your jacket's moving. You hear your jacket moving, and you'll hear a voice over top of that. 
And I even had it happen over like water. Like we thought maybe the water was like a stream. We we did a house where a stream ran through the house and we were hearing voices like in the basement and we're like, man, that's that's gotta be kind of the water doing that. And we're like, how can a, how can the water make like a voice? Like it doesn't they were kind of using that sound, you know, to make a voice, to to make a disembodied voice. We heard several disembodied voices that we couldn't explain. We're like, what the hell, man? It doesn't even make any sense. How the hell is this even possible? But it, they were doing it. It was doing it, you know? And there's no explanation for it. None. Yeah, like the wind. Like It's hard to investigate in the wind, but um, especially with, like, I've, I've been in, on the Gettysburg battlefield, and uh, when it was kind of windy, and it was very hard to uh, to investigate. Like, you're trying to... And the wind's kind of like, you know, into the mic. It's making a ton of noise. You're trying to hear, and it's it's very hard to investigate in the wind. But when you have really good conditions, it's quiet. There's no outside noise contamination. That's basically why we investigate at night is to keep the outside contamination down with people's daily chores outside you know cutting grass things like that kids playing motorcycles cars i mean you're going to hear cars outside you have to just be able to distinguish what's paranormal and what's not i mean these things it takes years to really get it down of listening to you know evps and i mean it just takes a lot of experience to distinguish what an evp you know evp behind other paranormal investigators in the house. You have you hear I set static recorders up throughout the whole house. And I have I have a recorder in every room in the house, but I have to be able to distinguish whether it's paranormal or it's not. So I have to cross check between every recorder in the house every time I catch a voice, an EVP, I have to know where my investigators are what time they were in the house, who was in the house. And I got to cross check that recorder with a recorder that I had downstairs with video audio. It's, it's time consuming. Um, I know a lot of people, when you investigate their house, they want the, they want the evidence quick, you know, they want it quick, but you know, it's, I'll get a call in. Let's see. All right. Well then. You there? See if it comes in. You there? See if we can get you on here. Hold in here. Collins. Trying to get you on here. Uh, okay, you know, I'm trying to call in. I gotcha. I gotcha. No problem, no problem. You could have came on. If you have any questions to ask, I'm... I love people to come on and 
try to get a call in. It doesn't matter to me. I like talking about this kind of thing. Um, just to try to educate people because this is some people like to get into the paranormal thing. And, you know, I want to educate and help people and give them the right answers and the right way to do things. And like I said, I'm going to have a lot of guests on here too. So we're going to, I'm just getting back into the podcasting thing. I did it many years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I'm just getting back into it. So I got a couple episodes. Uh, definitely, if you're out there listening, like, share, love it, download everything, come back, get in the chat, interact. Any kind of questions you want to come on? You want to come on? Come on the air. Ask me any kind of question you want. Um, I have no problem answering any questions. I'm always going to give you the truth when it comes to this stuff. I'm not about a bunch of bull crap. And uh, if I can help people, I'll help them. I don't have any problem with helping anybody. That's what I do. Um, that's why I got into this, to really help people. At first, it was to kind of disprove that there's this paranormal phenomena stuff going on. But, you know, after a while, you know, it didn't take long to figure out that this stuff's real. It's not It's not phony. It's not phony. It's not fake. There is. And there's people out there, like I said, that are phony and fake stuff. But all the stuff I've ever encountered was genuine, real. And uh, I couldn't explain it. Um, it was totally, totally crazy. I, I just don't understand, you know, what the hell's going on with it. Like, I don't have any answer to it. You know, it's just it's a, it's a phenomenon that's unexplainable. You know, people, you know, just it's unexplainable. There are no answers to it. Or is there some kind of life after death? Sure, there's something. There's something. I, you know, I think after the physical body is gone, that the subconscious mind it does live on. It does live on, without a doubt. My mind it lives on because, like I said, I'm, I'm communicating with things now. Whether there's a heaven and a hell, I don't know. You know, I hear a lot of help me's and investigations that uh, kind of worries me a little bit. You know, not. That it's it's they're like help me help. I hear this a lot in investigations. I've recorded I don't know how many times in the houses where it says help me, and I ask them what they need help with, but I never get the answer. It's always help me help me. You know, you get this help and you feel bad for them. You know, you're just like, what the hell are they saying help me for? You know what I mean? Like, how can I help you? I want to be able to help you, but I don't know how to help you. Um, and they never respond to it. Uh, I've only had something respond. I asked what his name, I asked if there was someone in the house, cause they could tell me their name. And only one time have I had a response and it said its full name. And I was freaking blown away. I was like, wow, dude, like I've never had that happen before. And I've yet to have it happen since. Now the case we're doing in Marietta Man, we're we're having a lot of really cool stuff happen. I'm I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna interview the construction workers. Probably maybe tomorrow or Monday. I'm gonna do it. I know. I think they're working tomorrow. I gotta contact the homeowner. If they're working, they're actually refurbishing this old house. If they're working, I'm gonna stop up there and I'm gonna record. I'm gonna record their information of what they have experienced in this house and. uh 
I cannot wait to hear some of their stories. I'm hearing their stories secondhand, but I want to hear them firsthand. I'm going to record all their uh, their stories, and I'm going to put them on the show. I'm going to put them on here, and you're going to hear their experiences. And it's going to be very cool, very cool. And we're going back there. We're going to experience a lot of stuff. I guarantee it, because whatever's in this house, it wants to communicate with you. It wants, I mean, we're asking questions. It's responding. That's amazing. I've only had that happen in a few other cases in, in my entire career where it's, it, every time you go there, it's responding intelligently. Like, it wants to communicate with you. It wants to intelligently interact with you, which is amazing. Like, it's totally amazing. I, I I'm so excited to go back. Like, I wish I could, they're selling this house. I wish I had the money to buy it. I would buy it. I would buy it today. I'd say, don't put it on the market. It's mine. I want it. I wish I was rich. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not rich, but I'm just a construction worker by trade. Um, but I would love to have a ton of money because I would buy this house right now. I would give them the money right freaking now. That house would be mine. And that house will be opened up to paranormal investigators all over the country. And I want them to come here. I would want them to come there and experience what we have experienced. And I can guarantee you, they won't be disappointed because I haven't been disappointed in the four times that I've been there. And I'm sure I'm not going to be disappointed on the fifth time I'm going there because I have so much evidence. I haven't even gave these people their evidence yet because it's so much evidence that I'm compounding that I, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm just like, wow, this, I just cannot believe the amount of stuff that I'm catching. And I'm cross-checking all my recorders to make sure that it's not anybody in our group. And it's not like it's responding intelligently. Um, you know, one of my investigators, Tom, he asked, there was an old set of steps that went down to the kitchen. I mean, they're really narrow. You can tell the house is old because all the stairways are really, really narrow. And he used to use, to use these steps um, when when you used to work in the kitchen because I believe they probably had uh, uh, help, you know, maids and stuff like that. It was it's a beautiful house, old house, but you could tell they had people that probably cooked for them and stuff like that. And Tom said, "Did you did you used to use these stairs?" And he didn't hear the response, but it responded to him, and it was a female, and it said, sometimes. I was like, he didn't hear it. He didn't hear it because, one, he wasn't plugged in, and two, it was below the Hertz level that he could hear, but it responded to him intelligently. It responded to his questions. It heard his question. It, it understood it, and it responded to it which is freaking amazing. It just, it blows me away because every time we've been there, it has responded to us intelligently. The last time I was there, uh, you know, we were asking a bunch of questions and I, I said, can you hear me? No response. I said, can you hear me? No response. I say, can you hear me about 20 times, 30 times in a row just to get, kind of agitated response and I didn't hear it while I was plugged in 
But one of my recorders in the next room called a voice saying, can you hear me? Which is so freaking cool. I didn't hear it because I was in another room, but my recorder in the, in the next room over called it saying, can you hear me? It was responding to me saying, can you hear me? And it says, can you hear me? I'm like, wow, that is totally cool. And it's definitely not me. You can hear it. It's real whispery. It's like a, like a woman's voice. It's like, can you hear me? I'm like, this is freaking cool, man. Like this stuff is reacting and intelligently responding to my questions. It is so awesome. I cannot wait to go back to this place. I mean, I cannot wait. I wish I could go there. Right now, I would leave my house, stop the show, and go there and investigate until the sun came up. Or as long as I can investigate. That's how much I like this place. Um, I'm curious to see how much they're going to sell it for on the market because I would seriously consider buying it. I would love to buy it. It would be... It's a paranormal investigator's dream, man. Anybody that really wants to invest in and come in and experience something paranormal, um, they could do it. They could do it. It's not like it happens, you know, every 10 minutes, but, you know, you come a group in there and you're in there all night, you're going to have something happen within eight hours of that place being there. That is for damn sure you're going to have eight hours of investigating and you are going to have something happen at least once or twice a night in that house, which is amazing because there is no guarantee you're going to have something paranormal when you go into a house. You know, there's there's no guarantee that something paranormal is going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, we use balls. We do use, yeah. We we had balls in that house. We used uh, light-up balls that uh, if you touch them, they light up and stuff like that. We didn't have any of them moved, though, but uh, we did have them throughout the house because of the dog that supposedly people had seen. And, um, but we didn't have any of them move, unfortunately. But we did, you know, I've never seen a whole lot of things move on their own since I've been doing this. Uh, over the years, I've seen, I've seen things move. I've seen papers, I've seen papers fly up in the air one time, which is amazing. I, I couldn't understand how the hell that happened. Excuse me, get a drink of water here. Um, I've seen a front door open up on its own. And I have seen shadow figures before, too. Um, I've seen them three different times. Um, and I captured a black mask. Like I said, if you, want to, if you want to see the black mask video, just go to YouTube. Type in Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society because we're from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That's where we're based out of. Um, Type in Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society, subscribe to it, and the video is in there. It's about a 15-minute video. You'll see this black mass manifesting, disappearing, moving across the room. It does some pretty freaking amazing stuff that is awesome. I had it up for I had a lot of views on it at one time, but I had a lot of people commenting negatively on it, like I faked it. And I, I don't fake anything, people. That's not what I do. I put this out there solely for people to see this stuff is real. That's what it's out there for. Now, when people say it's fake, it kind of offends me because I'm not out here to fake anything. And when somebody calls me and says I'm faking something, that really pisses me off because I don't fake anything. This is not what I do. I'm not any client that I've ever worked with. 
I tell you, I'm 100% professional. This is what I do. There's nothing faked in anything I do. If I'm going to fake something, why in the hell would I even be involved with this? That's, that's kind of like being a professional athlete and you're taking steroids. That's kind of like you're cheating your own sport. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what I do. I'm not in this to be famous. I've been on TV shows. But, they, you know, like I said, these paranormal people, they're in their own little circle. You're not going to get into that circle unless you're, like, tight with them. I've been on TV shows. They're fun. It's just fun for me, but, you know, I'm not in it for the money. I don't do it for money. You know what I mean? It's not It's not what I do. All the equipment that I've bought, it's thousands and thousands. I probably have $20,000 worth of equipment that I bought myself. No one paid for it. No, no TV network paid for it. I paid for it out of my own hard work, hard-earned money. Hard work that I've done over the years and sacrificed and all equipment. No one ever gave me anything. I did this on my own. You know, I, everything that I've ever generated was my own. I do have uh, investigators that are getting into it. They're all new people. And uh, they're really, I'll tell you what, they're really good investigators. They are really working hard to find an answer. Like they, I'm getting old, man. They're, they're they're steadily pounding away at it at like three, four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, man, I'm getting tired, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm getting, I have like mad hours of video to watch, and you know, you got to think if you got eight cameras going, and it's eight hours each camera, that's sixty-four hours of video you have to watch, not including all the audio that you have to listen to, your handhelds, your you know, if you have game trail cameras out, stuff like that, you know, it's 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 a lot. It's definitely a lot. But yeah, I've I tell you, I've been on a, a couple shows, and I, it's fun. It's fun. I had I enjoyed myself. I you know, I just did uh, Ghost Nation back in uh, February, and I had a ball with Jason and those guys. They were really good guys. I had total fun. It was totally fun. And um, as an investigator, I never thought that I would ever meet these people in my life. You know, I, I'm involved with this organization, with the TAPS family organization, but I never thought that I would actually investigate with Jason and Steve and Tango and all those guys, you know. Um, but I got to investigate with them. It was cool. It was it was awesome. Sherry was was there. She was, it was We had a great time. Really, uh, Jason is really a cool guy. Um, really down to earth. I, I didn't think that. Thought maybe he'd be uptight, but he's kind of like a construction worker like me. And uh, we, we we hit it off really well. He's a really nice guy. Um, he came in on a case we did in uh, Newcastle, Pennsylvania, and uh, he came in. They didn't experience a whole lot of stuff like we did, which I was kind of upset about but like i said this paranormal thing you never know when something's going to happen you know you don't live in the house every day so you know it happens it happens you know it, it, we're not living in the house 24 hours a day they are they're going to experience a whole lot more things than we're going to experience investigating you know i mean if you get into a place and investigate 
if they keep letting you come in, then man, you're going to probably experience a lot of things. If you just go there one time to investigate, uh, maybe you're going to experience something. Maybe you're not. Like the, the case we did in Newcastle, you know, we investigated that place the first time. We thought it was a total dud. We didn't have anything happen. But when we got home and we started reviewing the evidence, we were like, whoa, we caught some crap, man. We didn't even know we caught it, but we did catch it. We caught some really serious stuff. And audio-wise, nothing really video, but we caught some really cool clips um, audibly, which they were pretty scary. We had a clip that we caught on five different devices. Uh, two were on uh, video equipment, and three were on audio equipment. And we caught a, a man's voice saying, I'll kill his kids. And they had four children, which totally, I was like, whoa. Dude, we've never had anything say it was going to kill someone ever, you know? So for that to happen, I was just like, whoa, man, I've never experienced anything like that before. Like something saying it was going to kill somebody's kids. And um, we had explained to the homeowner what we had caught. And he was kind of not worried about it. You know, he was just, he was, he's a big guy. So, he used to be a bodybuilder and stuff like that, so he wasn't really stressed. You know, he's just like, I ain't worried about that. Ain't new ghost gonna do nothing to me or my family. And then two months later, you know, I get this tragic call that their daughter passed away. You know, and uh, like I said, it's it's just something that haunts me, man. Like it's still with me. Um, that I don't think I'll, it'll ever be out of my mind that this happened. It happened, and. Uh, I'm going to have them on here. Like I said, I am going to have them on here and talk about their experiences in the house. They still live in that location. So we will have them on here. I'm just going to figure out. I got to figure out a date when they can come on and the hours they can come on. But uh, I had to change the date to the show. I'm doing it tonight. Just did it tonight because, uh, at a different time because of Thanksgiving and Everyone's home for the holidays, so I said, I'll come on live tonight. And uh, But it's going to be Thursdays at 8 p.m. from here on out. So I had it at 7, but I'm going to change it to 8 p.m. because of I got a kind of big mouth dog. He likes to bark a lot. So when my wife's home, he's good. He doesn't bark. So I'm golden as long as she's home. She'll be upstairs with him and be nice and quiet. But hey, podcasting, you got to have some kind of quiet, not a dog that wants to bark all night long. So, um, yeah, I'm going to change the time Thursdays, 8 p.m. live. I will have a ton of guests that are going to be coming on here. I'm just lining them up now for the new year. And it's going live right now with some of the cases that we've done. We're going to do this Marietta case, probably like two or three part series on this Marietta case. I'm going to have Nick on here. He's going to do the history of this house in Marietta. We're going to get into the experiences that we've had in here. We're going to do the EVPs that we've called in here. And hopefully we get some video in here and we'll put it on the YouTube channel. And you can go to the YouTube channel and watch, you know, you can watch what's going on in the YouTube channel and see, uh, hey, yeah, man, they caught it, caught our video, which would be totally sweet. So, but yeah, I'm going to probably wrap this up and, uh, I'll probably see you next Thursday. I might do a couple of shows 
uh, and just air them on here. I'm not going to live air them, but I'm going to put them on onto the podcast just to get caught up since I've been sick for a couple of weeks. And uh, but I'm going to do a couple of shows. I'm going to do a Landon House show. I had a Landon House show done, but uh, the audio kind of got messed up on here for some reason. So I'm going to do another Landon House uh, episode and go over some of the best EVPs that I've caught in that location, which are freaking phenomenal. You're going to love them. I will have them on here. Um, maybe do another pre-recorded show, but we will go live on Thursdays. We're going to do, I think next Thursday, we're going to do the Marietta case. We're going to start the first episode of the Marietta case and do the history. I'm going to have Nick on. He's going to talk about the history. And then we're going to go into some of the experience he's, he's had in the house, some of the experiences that I've had in the house, and uh, play some, some of the EVPs. And uh, we're going to get in into some of the, I'm going to play some of the recordings from the construction workers because I'm going to go in and interview the construction workers on, in the, on the uh, job site in this house, and they're going to tell me about their experiences as well. So I'm going to play their recordings on here too. So you're going to hear the stuff that they've experienced. And this is during the daytime. This isn't at night. This is broad daylight. They're experiencing these, this phenomena, hearing disembodied voices, talking to them, these foul smells. They have been experiencing foul smells and stuff like that. But uh, uh, overall, this has been a pretty good uh, show tonight. I've, I've talked about quite a few things and, uh, I said, I'm not going to say the D word. I hate the D word, demonic things. But thank you guys for coming on tonight, listening to the show. Hit that like, love, share. Hook me up, man. Get me out here. Get me out here on the on the airwaves because I, I like talking about this paranormal stuff. And like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. I'm never going to give you any bull crap. I'm going to give you... The correct stuff. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be the movie magic crap here. We're gonna. Uh, we're gonna handle our business and talk about the right stuff. It says another day, another hour. I'll see you guys next Thursday, 8 p.m. We're gonna talk about the Marietta case, part one of the Marietta case. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your life. Have a great weekend. Be safe out there. God bless America. See you next week. Have a good night, everybody. Who likes me are, where it's time to go?